Good evening, everyone. And some um, the question of human suffering, especially uh, that of the just, <clears throat> was a problem in biblical times, and this is the problem that was illustrated by the story given of Job. And uh, Job, the story tells us, was a just man, and yet <clears throat> he suffered terrible tragedies. This resulted in Job's gloomy view of life in this world, and that's the part we hear in our first reading today. And of course, you all live in this world, and you know suffering is still a problem. Many people today could identify with Job. Think of all who suffer from poverty and hunger and sickness and injustice, oppressions, tragedies of all sorts. In our Old Testament times, suffering was seen as a punishment from God for sin. But Jesus comes and he changes our minds about that. What Jesus uh, tells us about it helps us to reorient ourselves. And what was Jesus' answer to the problem of suffering in our world? He did not uh, acquiesce to the understanding which the people of his time had on this matter. He would tell us God does not desire human suffering. He does not send it. God desires good. What we see in the gospel is not so much an answer to the question of why is there suffering as Jesus' response to actual suffering. That response was a practical one. And we see from today's gospel, Jesus, surrounded by crowds of physically and emotionally ill people, gives himself to each of them, healing many of them. He did not insulate himself against human suffering. He made himself vulnerable before the wounded and the sick. He enters into human suffering. My friends, for those of us who have suffered, suffering can be a very lonely condition. And Jesus was not sentimental about suffering, nor did he preach resignation as often you might hear a preacher do. Our Lord did not like to see people suffer. Suffering was one of the evils he came to fight. He had compassion on sufferers and made many of them around him well. He cast out demons, the real ones, but he also recognized uh, by our human language that there were others, types of demons, demons of guilt, of fear, of shame, of despair, and they had great power over people in this world. The problem of suffering became an opportunity for Jesus to show what God was truly like. By the way, he gave himself to the suffering. He reveals to us compassion in the face of human suffering. And the suffering of others then must become an opportunity for us, the disciples, too, to respond. We may not be able to cure, but it is always within our power to care. And to care, that can be a very healing thing 
to be with the sufferer is in itself a very worthwhile thing. But being with someone who is suffering is not easy because it means that instead of relieving someone's pain, we have to be with them in it. We have to be prepared to share in it on some level with them. Most of us will come to sufferers with empty hands. What can we do for them then? We can use those empty hands to comfort. Perhaps what many of those who suffer ask is that we do not abandon them. We don't walk away from them. That we stand our ground at the foot of the cross as Mary did at Calvary. She stood. Simply to be present. That is in some ways the hardest thing of all. Sometimes the one thing the sufferer longs for is to experience our ability to care sincerely and genuinely for them. As regards to our own suffering, suffering is an unavoidable event in our human condition. You will not be able to escape it entirely and for some, it seems like they live it daily. For the faithful Christian, it comes as a great comfort to know that Jesus walked down that road of suffering and went down it to the end. Because of his suffering and passion and death, this road of human suffering is changed. It has been made holy. A bright light illuminates it now. Our Lord shows us that the road of suffering leads to Calvary, but that is not the end. The end, so to speak, is Easter. So for Christians, suffering, which is eventually unavoidable, becomes an opportunity then to share in Christ's passion, but also with the hope of sharing in the Easter victory Friends, one of the, uh, inside the scripture, uh, there are many things. Uh, Deacon was pointing out one thing to me as we were uh, preparing in the back. Uh, but uh, there's a line in that gospel. Uh, Deacon said something funny about one of the lines, and uh, that's for another time. But it said, Jesus approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Jesus approached. The person didn't come to him. He went to her. Yes. <laughs> yes, they went and got Jesus. Oh, someone's sick. <laughs> but Deacon's pointing out, that's all he said. <laughs> someone's sick, and he's busy. I mean, he had people all around him. Jesus stops what he's doing and approaches the one who is ill. His full attention becomes on that one person. And my friends, the, I know some of you don't like when I do biblical study with you and a homily, but it's important. Jesus, it says, grasped her hand. 
He reached down and touched her. Not just touched her head or uh, her shoulder. He grasped her hand. This is a biblical symbol that the people of their time would have understood. It comes from the Psalms. It tells that God reaches in, in compassion, not in judgment, but in compassion, grasps the hand of his servant. Psalm 37. You're wondering which one I'm thinking about. And it expresses power uh, because he does the action, but it also shows compassion because he takes the hand and holds it and doesn't let go. And sometimes, no, maybe sometimes the physical healing is not supposed to be, but the one thing when you have someone's hand is that you're able to lead them. Just look at children. They constantly put their hand out to their parents, and while they may try and run in front, <laughs> they usually stay behind and allow the parent to lead. So God is able to lead you in that journey of suffering. He's also able to take you from, we get, and I know, for those of you who know, I, I've had cancer twice. I know what it can be like. We get wrapped in it. It surrounds us, immerses us. We can't see anything but. But when he grabs your hand and begins to lead you, he leads you out of that preoccupation he takes you to another place. And finally, it said, Jesus helped her up. For us Christians, that's the resurrection. He helped raise her. The word up, helped her up, in the way that they understood it, he raised her up. And she went right into life. Remember? She just started cooking lunch, <laughs> giving God glory. <laughs> and I know sometimes I've had one person, well, one woman say, well, that's a caricature of women serving men. I'm like, you have totally missed the point of that gospel. <laughs> he raised her. And for us who are baptized and follow him, he will do the same. He will approach you. He will take you by the hand. And he will raise you up. And you will have life eternal. But for now, we are to be with each other. The church is to be here with those who suffer and not make it worse. But all of us. But my friends, this is what I was getting about in my homily, to be present. Let us be present. Let us do what we can. My friends, uh, uh, in our church, we have seven sacraments. And one of the sacraments is the sacrament of anointing. Uh, Hal, who has been away for a little while, is back with us. So I captured the opportunity to administer the sacrament of anointing to him uh, because uh, he needs it. And with the sacrament of anointing, um, sometimes there's physical healing and sometimes there's um, emotional healing, but there is always spiritual healing with it, and it is the way uh, through Mother Church that the church sees Jesus do what I said, grasp or approach the person, grasp them by the hand, and then through that sacrament, he raises you up. Uh, the sacrament of anointing used to be called uh, last rites, um, 
extreme unction, but we call it the sacrament of anointing now. And uh, my friends, the sacraments are for the living. So uh, if you have a Catholic family member who is ill, especially seriously ill, do not wait until hospice tells you they are actively dying because you may not be able to get in contact with the priest who can get to that person to anoint them. Because once they pass, the priest will be able to offer prayers but cannot anoint the person any longer because it's a sacrament. And if you have impending Ill, you know, surgery uh, yourself, uh, you can approach the priest or bishop because there's forgiveness of sins, so we're the only ones who can do it in our church. You can approach. Uh, usually uh, four times a year, I've been celebrating the sacrament within Mass uh, at a Mass for many uh, this past week, the scriptures were about healing, so we had Thursday morning, uh, we offered a sacrament of anointing, uh, unannounced, uh, and then Thursday evening, and then uh, um, I stay busy. Friday was five? Five. And it took 25 minutes to get to one of them, because they were in Kitsap out in the peninsula. But certainly don't wait till the last minute to call. Don't be afraid. One of the things a long time ago someone said, Oh my goodness, he's like the angel of death. I know if he comes, my loved one's going to die. And I'm like, the sacrament does not do that. You know, don't not call because you're afraid. <laughs> let me, let the priest get to your loved one. Say the words so that they have healing and grace poured out upon them so they can walk and they feel that presence of Christ through that sacrament. Amen?